0: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
2: Hi there. Thank you for inviting me into your eardrums. I'm Sarah Wendell, and this is episode number 462 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I asked the Patreon community what they would like to ask Amanda and I, and I got some really thoughtful and fun questions. So this is part one of the AMA with Amanda and Sarah, and we're going to talk about astrology, apps, allergies, and all of the book wrecks. If you like hanging out while we chat, this episode is for you. Thank you to everyone in the Patreon community for their questions. If you would like to join the Patreon community, do you know where to go? I bet you do. Patreon.com slash Smart Bitches. This podcast is brought to you in part by Happy Dance, a premium CBD skincare from Kristen Bell. Whether you've never tried CBD products before or if you're already a fan, heads up, because Happy Dance is different. Kristen Bell, yes, the actress from The Good Place, co-created Happy Dance so everyone can add the soothing benefits of CBD skincare to their daily routine. Happy Dance products are made with only the highest quality CBD and premium ingredients. There is a whipped CBD body butter, an incredibly luxurious CBD bath bomb, and a multi-purpose CBD coconut melt, which smells incredible. So what does Happy Dance feel like? Well, it's like rubbing a sense of it's going to be okay right into your skin, and I am all here for smoothing everything out, right? I keep a jar of Happy Dance coconut milk on my desk. I have it right here in my hands. I am looking at it. It is bright pink and yellow. And when I rub a little bit onto my hands, especially my cuticles and my knuckles where my skin is always dry, it absorbs immediately and it smells delightful. Also, I don't know about you, but I tend to pick my cuticles when I'm stressed, which is a terrible habit, but keeping the Happy Dance coconut melt right by my keyboard reminds me to smooth and soothe instead of picking and stressing. So it is a multi-sensory moment of chill. I love it. Happy Dance is a reliable, consistent, and safe way to try CBD, and the skincare options are a wonderful way to treat yourself and the people you love. Right now, Listeners to this show, that would be you, get 15% off their first Happy Dance order, but only when you go to doahappydance.com slash Sarah. That's 15% off your first order of Happy Dance CBD skincare at doahappydance.com slash Sarah. This episode is also brought to you by Rothy's. It is 2021. We are all going back into the world a little bit, maybe, perhaps, where you are, and nobody has time for uncomfortable shoes. So that is where Rothy's comes in. Rothy's has surveyed thousands of customers, and the number one word used to describe their shoes is comfy. What makes Rothy's so great? Well, their unique, seamless design is insanely comfortable the moment you put them on, and they are washable. This is my favorite part. They are comfortable, stylish, and washable. I cannot love that more than I do. I have worn them while hosting holidays and the before times. I have spilled soup all over them. I have gotten sudsy water from doing the dishes on them and it doesn't matter. I throw them in the washing machine and they come out looking perfect and they are effortlessly comfortable. I wear them and I look dressed up. Even if it's hot and my hands and feet get puffy, I'm comfortable. I can't beat it. I love that there is something that is high in comfort and style and extremely low maintenance to take care of, And this would be why I own seven pair of Rothy's. You can upgrade your closet with washable, sustainable, stylish shoes and bags from Rothy's. Plus, they just launched men's shoes. So make sure to check them out for you and the guy in your life. Head to rothys.com slash Sarah to find your new favorites today. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Sarah. Find your new favorite shoes. And one last thing to tell you about. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Osea. I have grown to love trying new products for my skin and my hair, especially those that feel like a soothing indulgence. And Osea's Undaria Algae Body Oil is my new favorite thing. All the products from Osea smell marvelous. I love the scent so much. I look forward to pausing to smooth some oil onto my skin. It is so lovely. It is not greasy. It is not sticky. It is perfect. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil is superbly moisturizing and replenishes dry skin. Osea soaks hand-harvested Andaria Algae in barrels of oil for up to six months, and the result is a liquid gold, rich, luxurious, never-greasy body oil. Plus, they have made clean, safe skincare products since 1996 that are vegan and cruelty-free. They are responsibly sourced. All the ingredients are plant-derived. It's good for your skin and for the planet. The Andaria Algae Body Oil is such a nice gift for yourself. And you can try Osea, risk-free for 30 days, and get free shipping on orders over $50. Plus, they send free samples with every order. You can get 10% off your first order with my promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at OseaMalibu.com. That's 10% off with code Sarah at OseaMalibu, O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com, code Sarah. I love doing these episodes and I love hearing all of your questions. And I most of all really love talking to Amanda. So I hope you enjoy this. Please note, we talk about so many things and I will link to everything. Apps, poems, episodes, reviews, commentary, rec leagues. We talk about so many things. I link to all of them in the show notes and you know where to find them, right? Smartbitches, slash podcast. But now let's get on with this episode. On with me and Amanda answering all of your questions. Well, half of them. There's a part two coming. Let's do this podcast. I have added some sounds to this recording. I have a full sound bar here. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Are you ready? Yes. All right. First question is from Sue. Sue. Sue! Hi guys. Miss you. How are you doing? Like really, how are you doing? Um, Well, I don't know if Sarah left it
3: in, but uh, we're going on day six of me having spring allergies or like pollen allergies. Uh, So you can't see my face, but my eyes are puffy and very dry. My nose is a little red. I bought tissues in bulk and I've already gone through two boxes. Uh, Your hair looks
2: great, though. Thank you. super wavy.
3: Thank you. But it's it's bad and like i don't know if any of you readers have spring allergies but it just like consumes your entire body
2: yeah there's you can't avoid it
3: and like i feel like i can't do anything to like full capacity like i'm i'm operating at like 50% capacity right now
2: Ugh, I hate that. And feeling, it's too.
3: so bad. You'll probably hear me like sniffling and sound congested. It's. I keep waking up in the middle of the night because m- my inner ears like itch so badly, and it's like I would just love the sweet release of death at this point, oh. just so the allergies stop.
2: Are you able to sleep? No. Oh no. Sleep is the the most important thing.
3: No, sleep has been really bad.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. That sucks.
3: So how I'm doing is terrible. Um, Maybe when this airs, the allergies will have passed. But for right now,
2: I'm knee deep in it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That stinks. As for me, um, I am two weeks past my second dose. So I'm like past my free and clear inoculation day. And the next day I went out and got all my hair cut off. So I now have short hair. You did. I'm looking right at yep. it. I have short hair again. And it's really weird because I feel like I'm at a place because, you know, what's the good about thinking about things if you can't overthink about things, right? Story of my life. Right. Exactly. There so, is no thinking. It just goes straight to yeah, overthinking. Just straight to overthinking. So I realized that one of the questions that I've said before on the podcast about the quarantine times was... You know, who am I when no one is looking at me? What are the things I actually care about? And what are the things where I'm like, fuck it, I don't care. And how do I want to be when it's just me and my family? And how do I want to be when I'm out in the world doing things? And if there's a distance between those two things, what are the things that I actually care about? So when I was like free to do whatever I needed to do because I had received my immunization, I was like, oh, okay, well, what are the things I want to add back that I haven't been doing for the past year and a half? And the first one was, I want to get a haircut. I I don't like having my hair in my face. I like the part where I took yeah. really good care of my hair, and I'm still doing that. Like I'm still using conditioner to wash, and I'm using product to take care of my hair because it's it's a totally different texture, and I'm still learning how to like yeah. deal with it. But there's like a ninety percent <laughs> less of it. Like giant piles of hair all over the floor yesterday. It was really cathartic. That part I'm like, okay, this I want yeah. to add back. I want to add back getting my hair cut. I want to add back, you know, getting my eyebrows waxed or things that make me feel good. But some shit I'm like, yeah, I cannot be arsed. And I'm I'm slowly making a list of things that I give a shit about and things that I I cannot be cannot be arsed to do it. Yeah. So otherwise, I'm pretty good. It's Friday. Friday is always takeout night. Um My older son is back in in in-person school, but he was scheduled to go. I don't know if I told you this. He was scheduled to go every other week. They divided the students in half. And he's, you know, we're last named W. So he was in group two OBS. And one of his friends got permission to come every week. And so we emailed the school and and said, if the uh, total number of people in the building accommodates one more every week, it would be really great for him to be able to come every week. And they were like, okay, sure. If it's going to help him out, we'll make – we have room. We'll make space. He can come every week. Well that's great. He's so much happier. He's so much happier. Like – I, he enjoys being around people. I don't get it. I I don't I don't understand that part either, but I think what I it is is it. that he is around his music friends and he's playing music with other people and that is refilling his sort of Is is Adam a social one? Do you think Adam is a bit of an omnivert, but he's very content being by himself or just with us. Okay. I think for for Alex, being able to play music with his friends has been refilling his well. It's like the difference between a slow phone charger and a fast phone charger. It's a much faster recharge for his mental health. And he's been more active in asking for things like, this fall, can I start private lessons so I can start working on my college applications for music school? And I was like, whoa, a year ago, we were. Is he going to go to Berkeley? I don't know. It's one of the schools he's looking at. If I'm still here, happy to show him around if he All comes right. to Berkeley. All right, cool. Yeah. He's, uh He's looking at programs with a low brass or jazz program because trombone is low brass. I don't know anything about Berkeley aside from it's
3: really the good. College
2: of Music. Now, I have told him that he should go to the University of Colorado, but this is very selfish. They have a great brass program and they have a great music school. But you want to go visit him in Colorado. That is correct. <laughs> I have no, no compunction about being selfish about this. Like C- Colorado has a really good program and, you know, we'll just send you with your snowboard and everything and then, you know, we can come visit. You can pretend like you don't know me. It's fine. Oh my gosh, yesterday he came home and was like, uh, mom, I uh, I kind of told my friends about your Twitch channel. And I was like, okay. He's like, so, uh, you know, you might have some of my friends in the chat. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Which ones? So apparently I had forgotten about this. I had cursed creatively at a driver who cut me off when I was driving him and his friends from school to an event. Um and apparently And that's what your that's what his friends remember about you. That's what they remember about me and they're like, "Oh my god, your mom's so inappropriate and funny. Her Twitch stream must be great." <laughs> Like, I'm really sorry. It's so I hope hard. they tune in on Sunday then. I know. Yeah. It's a new game. Dead old I downloaded app. it. It's on sale. Oh, fabulous. I'm going to download yeah. it today. Let me add that to my list of things to do. It's like
3: 12 bucks instead of 20. Oh, so. hell
2: yeah. All right. Download game. All right. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, Sarah and I
3: stream usually Sunday afternoons and Wednesday evenings. Yes. We play.
2: So far, we've been playing a lot of like interactive audience yeah. participants. Because we have really games, nice like subscribers. Jackbox. Like, I'm not surprised that we have nice subscribers, but our subscribers, <laughs> even the people who just drop in, like, they're really nice people and they just want to play games. Yeah. And then some of them, like Malara, mm-hmm. shout out to Malara if they're listening, um, who visits
3: Sarah and I stream. Malara will come and hang out in my stream when I stream with my friends. Awesome. And Malara's in our Discord. And
2: Awesome.
3: Malara showed us her crochet project that she's been working on is like this gorgeous like blue shawl. Ooh. so it's been really fun, yeah. yeah, also, like I miss traveling. like I going to Florida is different. but like at the store, I unpacked or like received a bunch of like travel guides to yeah. Like, Europe,
2: yeah,
3: and just like holding them in my hands. I'm like, fuck, i I don't want to be here. I know. but my brother will be back in Germany at the end of the summer. so, you can so. Go visit him. Yeah, I can go visit him. Yeah. Um, so like, you know,
2: that can't come soon enough. All right. Next question, next part of Sue's question? Yes. All right. Wait, do you need a laugh? <laughs> a laugh track?
3: Oh. Uh. <laughs> Did you see,
2: did you see the person who tweeted at us with the fish in the tooth? Yes. So Sue's second part of Sue's question is, yeah, this is such an interesting question for me. Astrology. Yay or nay? How deeply into. Sue mentions this in the comment. And I like, I didn't
3: even, when I looked at the document, I didn't even look at who wrote this question, and I immediately knew. I
2: was it's like, true. this is a new question. I love this. How deeply into the woo-woo are you? This is kind of a loaded <laughs> question since I already know Amanda's into it, at least for the memes. Do your views on astrology align with believing, not believing in ghosts and <laughs> spirituality and religion? Have any astrology books y- you might recommend? So I want to tell you something. Yeah. So you have one app. I have a different app. Yeah, that I just downloaded for fun. And now it is one of my favorite parts of my morning. (laughs) Like I do my language lesson, and then I get to look at my astrology. So it's called Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And I'll show you. um, It looks like a little text conversation. So then it's like okay give me my my rising sign give me my star sign or give me my sun sign and then it pulls yeah. a tarot card for you and tells oh, you about kind of Yeah and then there's like a little gif and then like okay so here's what you need to know we'll see you back here tomorrow and they do a monthly report. That's neat. I might tell about that one. It sounds sounds fun. It's really fun but I've also noticed you know cuz there's always the the very large critical part of my brain. I yeah. notice when I look at the interactions on the text app Yeah. Like this could apply to anyone and anything. Like the oh, sun yeah. is moved into this, so you should feel this with your career. And I'm like, okay. But then this, this sort of I don't want to call it subtext, but the subliminal positivity of all of these little messages of evolving and confidence and change and ev- evolving as a in this department or in that. Yeah. Of, that makes me feel really happy. Like so, um. it's working for me. But then, but then I read my May report. And then I remembered something about how it said about a specific date in May on which Mercury is going into retrograde – and you shouldn't make any major changes to your appearance or yourself in, for about three and a half weeks because of that retrograde. <laughs> so, yesterday I was like, shit, I better get my haircut before that date. And I looked, it's next Friday. It's my anniversary. Mercury's going into retrograde. So, I got, my oh boy. Hair, I got my haircut before the retrograde. Just in case. Just in case. I was so amused at myself, but yet yeah, I got a good haircut. So, I'm pretty happy about it. I like for astrology is like in my brain. I was trying to tell my friend like why I liked it. It's like it's real, but it's fake. You know, like it, it's like celebrity. The the, <laughs> the the science of astrology and the history of astrology and the, the idea that there are stars and zodiacs and everything, that's real. The 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 narratives that come out of it, that's what that's what's being embellished. Like and celebrities like, are real human beings, but the stories about them are all embellishment.
3: And it's like what? Was it like Tinkerbell? You have to like believe in her for her to exist. Uh it's, like, one of those things where uh, you put, like, the stock you want into it, right? Like, it's only yeah. as good as you believe it to be. Uh, but I will tell everyone, I will put Sue on blast and tell everyone what prompted this question. Oh, no. So I follow a lot of, like, astrology meme accounts and astrology accounts on Instagram. And this is from the Co-Star Astrology account. And that's the app I have.
2: Oh, I want to hear about this app.
3: They'll have like a prompt that says like, you're not alone. You're just blank. And it'll list, you know, for each Zodiac signs. Um, and so I'm an Aries. That's my sun sign. It's like, you're not alone. You're just intentionally investing in unavailable people. Ouch. <laughs> and I like wrote the ca- caption that's like, I feel attacked. Ouch. Um,
2: <laughs> Ouch because currently that is true (laughs) so uh story checks out is what you're saying
3: here yeah um but sue saw and so like we started talking back and forth um and i think sue said they were leo um and she's like apparently according to like my astrology chart i'm supposed to surround myself with aries and she's like this explains so much i was like we're made for each other, Sue. <laughs> we might disagree, but we are made for each other. <laughs> um, I buy into a lot of the like traits. Um, so like my, my natal chart. So my sun sign is in Aries. Um, my moon is Libra and my rising sign is Sagittarius.
2: That's really funny. My sun is in Gemini. My moon is in Leo and my rising is Libra.
3: Okay. So like, a- according to CoStar, we're reading this out, um, you know, Aries, I'm assertive, uh, fiercely independent, yep. uh, naturally competitive. Mm-hmm. That's all very true. Mm-hmm. Um, my Libra moon, um, relationship oriented, um, a little self-obsessed, which admittedly sure, <laughs> but I tend to hide my feelings and needs. And an effort to people please, which is also true. And then my rising Sagittarius sign is I come across as independent and confident, but sometimes I am overly critical, which is also true. And I'm a charming conversationalist. (laughs) is also true. Um, (laughs) Like this is all very like broad and vague and yada, yada, yada.
2: Um, but sometimes I think an app telling you or just a anything, including a, a, a quiz or uh, one of those personal assessment type indicators for corporate development, like all of that, yeah. sometimes it's like editing, right? You can't edit a blank page, but you can look at something that's been written and be like, I know how to fix this. I know yeah. this is good and this needs to change. I think being told Okay, well, this is what your answers indicate you might be like, um, or these are your tendencies. It's a little easier to be like, yeah, no, that doesn't check out, or oh, yeah, that does check out, and I don't like that, and I want to change it. Being told yeah, like, helps you identify, yes, this is this is me, and also, oh yeah, that is that is me, and I need to do something about it. I that.
3: would never like blame my bad behaviors, like on my zodiac sign you know what i mean like i know some people are like oh i'm just a whatever i'm like no that means you're just an asshole
2: yeah like no (laughs) there's no zodiac sign that's like i'm sorry unilateral asshole that's who you are (laughs) you're just a giant sphincter a terrible Um, terrible sphincter human
3: but there was this like tiktok series it's like people as zodiac signs um and like one of one one was the aries one which i remember was like oh my God, I was such an Aries this weekend. I physically fought a barista to death. <laughs> and they are like, there's another one. It's like, oh, Casey over there is a Libra. And the person's like, wait a minute, that's a vacuum. Like, yeah, and she's
2: a Libra. <laughs> I am a Gemini and there are a lot of Gemini traits that fit me, communication, focus. Um, like my app will tell me that on a good day, Geminis are caring, patient, compassionate, thoughtful, and loyal. And on a bad day, uh, we are insecure, suspicious, pessimistic, and touchy. Can't confer. You do have that rattlesnake vibe. I, I, mm, somebody sets off the rattlesnake. We are done. Yeah. But you know, I just think astrology
3: is fun. Um, and I think like astrology astrology memes are like a good way to like poke fun at yourself yeah um, they really are and in terms of books there i used so i used to follow astrology poets i think is what it's called oh that's cool and they have a book now um which is interesting um i mean i prefer to like digest astrology stuff in little like bits and bytes like with an app or with, yeah, like um, even, you know, like memes. I don't know if I'd commit to a whole book on astrology. Because so, to be honest, like, no. no offense to the other signs, but I don't give a shit. I just want to know about myself.
2: <laughs> so wait, what was that about Aries being self-absorbed, right? <laughs> what was that?
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care what Libras are about.
2: When, so once upon a time, there were these things called newspapers. And they would come to the house. And when I was growing wow. up, we got one horoscopes. in the morning and one in the evening. And my parents would read both of them because you didn't have seven bazillion channels. You had like no. six channels. You had what was on. Maybe you know how to program the VCR. And certainly program. not a 24-hour news channel. And definitely you had time to read the newspaper because you got two of them every day. <laughs> every day. So in the newspaper, if you think about it, the horoscopes were these little itty-bitty things. <laughs> if you didn't have time to read and finish something, you had re- time to read and finish that. Yeah. Right?
3: I got all. And like even people, on I feel like today. even people who don't really believe it yeah. still read it because they're just curious. They're oh, like, yeah. "Oh, I
2: wonder what my is gonna say." This right, time. and it's it's it, it's like I said, it's easy to look at something and be like, "Yeah, that doesn't fit me," or "Oh, wait, that does," or that horrible yeah. "Oh, I feel attacked" feeling. I don't think just for Sue's question about whether or not views on astrology align with believing, not believing in ghosts and spirituality and religion. Um, Uh, Yeah, I don't know what corresponds to my sign for those things.
3: I I feel like I developed those opinions separate from my astrology Well, I think what
2: she's asking is, does how you feel about astrology seem to fit with believing or not believing in ghosts and ideas about spirituality and ideas about religion? So I think so because I'm very comfortable in changing my belief systems because I've done it multiple times. Yeah. And also... I think it is, so if, with religion, I think it is the absolute height of hubris for any human to tell another human what happens after we're dead, oh, yeah. no one knows.
3: Or to think, like, they're, well, that's why, like, I believe in aliens, like, can you imagine the vastness of the universe? And there's no and us, other thing. Us being the only ones, like, come seems on, we're not hubris, that special. Right?
2: Right? Like, yeah, sure, little...
3: we had keyboard cat, but we're not that special, like...
2: I had a fish in a tube and it was
3: awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say like, I'm open. I believe in ghosts, um, in terms of, you know, religious systems and religious thought, I would say I'm an agnostic, you know, like Mm -hmm. I don't really prescribe to one religion, but like, I'd like to believe there's some sort of, you know, higher power, whatever you'd want to call it. Um, just because like, I don't want to be a complete pessimist about dying, um, but yeah, I think the my belief in astrology and I've I'd be curious to poll like have some sort of poll like if you uh believe in astrology do you also believe in ghosts or like right. you know religion it, or I'd be curious to see a study on that
2: It's interesting cuz one yeah. of the things that has happened since both of my kids had their bar mitzvah was that they are more and more question more more and more comfortable questioning the idea of how to behave based on what somebody who is dead thinks you ought to have done. And they're like, yeah, that's bullshit. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You you are an adult (laughs) now in Judaism. You get to decide what you think is true and make decisions accordingly. So if I think that if you are the type of person who is flexible about just open to the possibility that you might not know everything, then sure. Why not? It could be true. Could be crap, but you know, it's a hard pill for me to swallow,
3: but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, self-obsessed at everything. I don't know everything.
2: Yeah. The longer I live, the more I realize I don't know shit. I don't have any astrology books to recommend though. Yeah. I like my app. It comes with so much text.
3: Yeah. And what I like about the app is you can kind of just like personalize it to the stuff that you just care about. Mm -hmm. Um and I think CoStar, I don't know about Sanctuary, but CoStar lets you add friends. Um, so like I've added Stephanie, my roommate, and it can kind of show you like how your signs are connected. Um, you know, like what sorts of things you'll have in common this week in terms of like experiences or feelings or whatever. Um, so if you, if you want a more social aspect to your astrology, I really like CoStar. Um, and you know, if anyone joins CoStar, happy to be friends on CoStar.
2: All right, we have a rec request before, we yeah, I feel that, like
3: the the rest of the questions are all
2: no some of them are, and some of them aren't, okay, but are you ready for a yeah brief, yeah, yeah yeah, here's a brief interstitial <laughs> I hope everyone sings along when those play,
3: also, shout out to Jeff from it was like the big gay fiction podcast um who commented on our theme song episode and was like, you should have a bracket competition for best theme song. Yes. Jeff is um, right about that. And I, I'm all for it, Jeff. I think that's a wonderful idea. And I, I would love to challenge my duck to whatever contender
2: you want to throw into the bracket. This is, this is a hard question. <laughs> so this rec request is from Liz W. <laughs> You want to read this one? Sure. Hit it. So Liz is looking for recommendations
3: of historical atmospheric romances with ghosts or paranormal elements. I'm in love with Simone St. James, Susanna Kearsley, and KJ Charles. And I'm so excited Gothic romances have been making a comeback. I can't
2: wait to read The Wife in the Attic by Rose Lerner and any other authors I should check out. Gothics are definitely making a comeback, which is awesome. And when I had uh, Rose Lerner on the podcast, she had all these really cool reasons why gothics come back in popularity. And I
3: think she also had some
2: suggestions too. So So we will link to that episode. The notes might be helpful. Yeah. So we'll link to that episode. And I'm guessing you saw it since if you listened to the podcast, you might've seen that one. And you're already looking forward to the book. I think my best recommendation would be – Nicola Cornick, because she writes sort of uh, kind of like how Susanna Kearsley is an amalgamation of several themes and tropes. There is almost always a gothic element and there's also uh, dual timelines and dual periods in history. Sometimes there's a sometimes there's a time travel portal. Sometimes it's. Um, people switching lives without realizing it. There's lots of different themes, but they are all very gothic in feel, similar to Kearsley and similar to Simone St. James. So my my recommendation would be just about all of Nicola Cornick's backlist of historical gothic fiction.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: um, recommendations so the widow of rose house by diana biller i if i remember correctly there aren't any well, i don't want to well i'm going to spoil it whatever um there aren't any like real paranormal aspects but the <clears throat> the widow in question uh, is renovating an old mansion and believes the house is haunted yes um
2: so there is that like eerie vibe to it and there's that sense of like the the uncertainty of a gothic where you don't know if the what is happening to the narrator and what the narrator is reporting is actually happening or if it's being filtered through something that's happening internal to them that uncertainty is definitely there
3: um and then uh best laid plaids by ella stanton um it's 1920s scotland and and it features kind of, like, a disgraced doctor who's, like, ruined his career by believing that ghosts exist. Ghosts exist. And then the other hero is, like, a, a veteran. I think, like, a World War I veteran um, who's trying to finish, like, his thesis. And he's doing it on, like, delusional thinking. Right. And thinks the doctor in question would be a good subject. But, spoiler alert. Um, well, it's not a spoiler because it's in the... In the description the veteran can also hear ghosts um oh. so there is like a ghosty aspect to it um and it was recommended to me or it was recommended in general with uh my romance book club a couple months ago awesome. um and then the, lastly the title
2: does not sound like a gothic title best laid plaids it's a weird title
3: and a weird cover though it has a cute Dog on the cover. It's got like a, I think a Dalmatian and a a and charming sounds... man in a bespoke suit in front of an old timey car. Um, and then another author I'd suggest, but it's more gothic than romance. But I think some of the books do have romantic subplots. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Hester Fox definitely, um, who Elise has read and reviewed on the site exclusively does um gothic fiction yeah. um with romantic elements but i wouldn't say they're gothic romances but they are very atmospheric
2: all right we'll have links to all those in the show notes. <laughs> yeah of course so this next question is from leanne h i'm a little late never late but one thing i admire <coughs> a lot about the smart bitches and this podcast is how real you are do you want to sneeze right now on cue No. (laughs) You always acknowledge the realities of life as opposed to perhaps pretending everything is perfect and fine all the time. Ha ha. See other social media sometimes. So I'm wondering how do you take care of yourselves when things are not great? This might be covering a lot of ground that you've already covered in past podcasts, but even little things like what you treat yourselves with when needed or how you monitor whether you are stressed or not would be interesting to hear about but only if you feel comfortable. Thanks for all that you do and looking forward to whatever questions you decide to answer. I love this question because we do talk a lot about what we do to take care of ourselves and what we do to deal with all of the minutia. But I will say I have yes. a deep seated, probably a trauma response allergy to pretending things are fine when they are not. Yes, I, I, I am so low bullshit on that. I really appreciate that Leanne noticed. And yeah, thank you. Um, what's your answer for this one? Or do you want me to go first?
3: Um, so I'm, I'm a bass bitch. Um, so I love taking long baths and there's just something very calming that I find. I thought you said
2: bass bitch, like.
3: Bass bitch. Like, I was like,
2: but you don't like <laughs> fish,
3: what? You don't eat fish. Well, I didn't say I would be eating the
2: bass, I guess. True. Um, <laughs> it Could be one of those bass that sing on the wall. Blah, 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 blah. My parents, of course, had one. Of course. Um,
3: But, yeah, so I love taking long baths in very hot water, bath bombs, bringing, like, my iPad in there and just, like, watching stuff. Um, Also love naps. I love a good nap. Uh, You know, like, I have, like, a a very fancy, like, eye mask, like a a sleep mask that I'll put on if I want to nap in the middle of the day. Is that the one with the Bluetooth headphones? I do have that one. I have multiple eye masks.
2: See, this is, right. this is how you do it.
3: <laughs> but one thing lately that I've, is like very small, but it makes me feel very fancy, um, is when I make my iced coffee, I will, I have like a little like frother Aww. whisk. Um, and just like frothing like milk and creamer to put in my coffee makes me, makes me happy and makes me feel fancy. So I feel like always, always baths and naps, but a, a new feel-good treat-myself thing is like frothing milk and creamer for my coffee,
2: which That's has been great. Excellent. Yeah. I am probably more attuned to how I'm feeling now after the great quarantine Oh, yeah. I'm much more attuned to how I am feeling and thinking about all of this because I've had to sit and think about my actions for a year. Like, okay, I'm about, uh, wait, do I want to do this? Is this safe? And because everyone in my house went through feeling the quarantines on a different schedule, everyone's coping mechanisms are, are, are different. Mine are asking myself, is this actually important? Do you really need to do this? Why do you need to do this? Why do you think this is important? What if you didn't? Like if you really don't want to do this, maybe there's a reason if you're resisting. And when you take everything out of your day and you have like one or two things a day, like during the, the early part of the quarantine, I was like one thing a day, which was work. There's a lot more time to be like, do you really want to do this? No, so don't do it. One of the things that I read early on that really helped me out was from a Mary Oliver poem called Wild Geese, which I believe starts out, you don't have to be perfect, which yes, listening, what? But also... <laughs> There's a line that says you have only to let the soft animal of your body want what it wants. The process of saying to myself, you're fine exactly the way you are. You are more than enough. You are good. You are doing everything. It's okay. There's nothing inherently wrong with you. Whenever I come up against that feeling and feel like arguing with it, then that's something that I need to examine more. And I have more space for that. Um, The world's going to get a whole lot busier soon. I'm going to have less time for it. So I think one thing I one thing that I've started doing to take care of myself when things aren't great is giving myself blanket permission, permission to do whatever it is that I want to do, and including doing nothing at all. Yeah, it's hard to do nothing. It is right. It's very yeah. hard to do nothing. Yeah, it is very hard. All right. Next question is from Jacqueline. But first, Ian McKellen has something to say to you. Life. It's like a hurricane
0: here in Duckburg.
2: That's not actually Ian McKellen, but the impression is so good. <laughs> I loaded it into the soundbar for you. So this one is from Jacqueline.
3: Who wants recommendations for witchy, gardeny wreaths. Which is totally your jam, your street, and your house of wheels. Yes trope flavor all the tummy flutter reads and store-bought serotonin in book form aka feel good powerful and worth the journey i recently really enjoyed the intimacy experiment um or experience i can't remember what is it Rosie dan's book um so i have a couple um obviously
2: figure Um, this is entirely your street
3: yeah my first go-to book and one of my all-time favorites i think i wrote a squee from the keeper shelf review of this one um it is a major comfort read it, garden spells by sarah addison allen um all of her books are kind of like witchy um and gardeny and gardeny yeah. witchy gardeny lots of good food usually southern settings Um I usually describe it as like practical magic,
2: but a little fluffier.
3: Um, you have like two estranged, witchy sisters. It's set in a small town in North Carolina.
2: One, um, is, the, uh, one is escaping an abusive situation. Yes, right? with
3: her. Uh, I can't remember how old her daughter is, but she's a single parent.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, one sister lives, the older one lives in North Carolina and is trying to get like her catering business off the ground. Mm-hmm. And then her sister comes back to town, escaping that relationship, and they're kind of estranged. Um, But the sisters and their aunts and their family are kind of town pariahs because everyone suspects that they're witches, and they are. Um, And like one sister, the older one, is like trying to like fit in to a small town that doesn't really welcome her. And there is romance and lots of yummy food because she's a caterer and she like infuses magic into our food and it's just so good and so lovely um
2: when's the last time you reread that
3: i would say maybe last year i think i read it reread it last year um and like sarah addison allen hasn't written anything in a long time and there's like this untitled book on goodreads and the Release years like 2055. Um, so I don't know if we'll ever get it, but like her books are very feel good and like soft and warm, and it it feels like reading a hug, Um, they're very
2: atmospheric.
3: Yes, um, another one that I'd recommend that Sarah reviewed on the site, but I feel like every time I bring it up, she has no clue what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's called Spellbinding Love by Elizabeth Davis it's a third book in a series about witches but you can read it out of order all the witches are like i don't want to say like small potatoes but they're not like maleficent or like anything like that they do like magic that is helpful (laughs) helpful magic yeah and then this one the heroine is a farm witch so she um uses her magic to help grow plants and stuff like that and these are also pretty like low stakes, low angst, um, romances. And I think they're quick reads too. Um, and then for something that's a little more emotional or angsty, um, as you said, powerful and worth the journey. Yeah. Um, Dana Marie Bell has a series called the Maggie's Grove series. So it's like a small town paranormal romance. um, the first book is "Blood of the Maple," and each book is a different couple, but one of the main uh like common themes or commonality between them is that uh a dryad, so like think of like a druid forest mm-hmm. creature nymph um is always part of the romantic pairing sometimes it's a hero, sometimes it's a heroine um but they're usually paired with like vampires or shifters or whatever. I think book two has like the mayor of the small town is a vampire. Um and it's like a second chance romance. Um so those are my three my three suggestions for like witchy gardeny settings and characters.
2: I was thinking in terms of witchy and gardeny gardeny the Lauren Dane series Diablo like, yeah! would be a good fit because that's a magical town with lots of different kinds of witches and creatures, but the garden witches um, like the heroine's father is a, is a garden witch and they are treated with an enormous amount of respect. And it's very cool how, and there's politics in the town, like actual an election and everything, but how the magical politics and the sort of human side politics influence the story is very subtle and interesting, but it would also be a good fit for Witchy and Gardney.
0: <laughs> Woohoo.
2: Did a lot of work before this episode, cutting up files and loading. Yeah, them. I can I tell. Really, I had a really good time. I can tell where your time went. I had a really good time. It took me like 20 minutes. I was having a blast. <laughs> All right, so our last question for this episode, and we have more questions for a future episode. <clears throat> our last question for this episode is from Lisa S. This might be more difficult for you to do, but do you have any recommendations for romances with a dominant knight setting? Now, I will say I read that and I thought dominant was the character and the knight was like a creature. So it was like a BDSM series about creatures who were knights, but I didn't know what knights were. And I stared at this sentence for a good 30 seconds before I realized that that was not what it was trying to say. And it's kind of amazing that the word dominant makes me go, oh, BDSM romance. And then my the th- yeah. covers. And OK, so Lisa says I can barely find any. But bonus points if they aren't paranormal or ghosts, as I'm looking for more for people who just live most of their lives at night due to their work or naturally being night owls. A good example is Charlie All Night by Jennifer Cruzy. They do the nighttime radio. A great sense of the nighttime feeling in that book. Yes, it's definitely one of the best parts of that book is the feeling that you and the people who are listening to your radio show in the middle of the night are the only people who are awake. So you're the only ones around. It's like when you're on Twitter at four in the morning Eastern time. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and all the West Coasters are starting to go to bed. So it gets real quiet. Also... Lisa wants to know what song, if any, is stuck in your head right now at the time of reporting. The well, because of Sarah, it's DuckTales, DuckTales. now. DuckTales. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> that's my fault. <laughs> um, so let's tackle the books thing. But I do want to say, <laughs> for me, uh, I don't have a song stuck in my head right now. But that's actually a good thing because one of the symptoms of my anxiety acting up for lack of a better word is that I will get a song stuck in my head and the volume is up and I can't turn it off. And then my thoughts get loud. So if I have a song stuck in my head at high volume and I cannot get it out, that is my first signal that I'm going to start having like a shitty anxiety day. Oh boy. Yeah. So that's, that's one of my symptoms and the song will change. It's sometimes just a piece of a song. I had this really weird conversation with my sister. My sister is six years younger than me. So we, we grew up like she's, she's an older millennial and I'm a younger Gen X and our experiences coming into the world are so different with that six year gap. But our anxiety is very similar, probably because our upbringing was in the same place with the same people and they sucked. So (laughs) I, I know that sibling relationship. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, you have that too. Great. So her anxiety and mine also both start with songs. So a song will get stuck in your head, or a piece of a song, and then it poisons the song. So that if I hear it, I start to get. What if the song is poison? Right. What if this? Well, then I (laughs) am wait. Which one was it? Bell Biv DeVoe.
3: What Biv DeVoe's poison poison
2: or poison that metal band?
3: I was thinking Bell Biv DeVoe. Could be like every poison
2: thorns. No, because that would just make me laugh. But like past anxiety songs have included um, a Niall Horn song that I heard on the radio and then launched okay. in my head and I had bad anxiety. Emma would appreciate that as a One Directioner. <laughs> She's a One Directioner? Oh, yeah. She's a Wonderer? One? One, one, one Deer. I don't know. Wonderer. <laughs> Wonderer. Who does she think is the cutest One Direction person? Ooh, all right. I'm going to text her right now. Ask because I'm curious. Okay. Another time it was the Backstreet Boys. Um, sometimes it's a song I really don't want to listen to. So, but when I have a song stuck in my head at high volume, that's my signal that I need to back off of whatever I'm doing and get ready. Cause my anxiety is going to be annoying for a day or two.
3: There's one song that keeps getting stuck in my head. That is a nightmare. Um, um and it's not a song. It's a jingle Oh no! from a worst. commercial. Emma and I, and my dad, when I went down, this is indicative, first of all, of, my parents so there's this new all-state commercial uh where this guy sings a song with his hood ornament and it is catchy but it is terrible and the commercial is fucking creepy oh, no. I, I i will link it in the show notes oh, um no. and like It's just an assault on the senses is what it is. Oh, no. Um, But it came on while I was at my parents' house. And I was like, God, I hate this commercial. And my dad's like, I do, too. And then he's like, (laughs) and then he turns to me. He's like, you know, your mom downloaded this song to her phone, right? And I'm like, this makes sense. Um, (gasps) So, like, that commercial jingle is one that I have had on and off in my brain for the last few weeks. And it's terrible. but. I would say the most recent song that I've been like obsessed with and listening to a lot is Dua Lipa's Levitating.
2: Oh, um, the, the, with the DaBaby remix.
3: Yes. I do. like um, that song. so that's the one that I've been willingly listening to a lot. You're listening to it right now. Allstate drivers who switched saved over seven hundred dollars. Save-
2: that's the Pet Shop Boys, is it? That's the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, that's a pe- that's a Pet Shop Boys. I want to say God, like eighties. Hang on. Okay. Well, the commercial
3: is horrifying.
2: Well, the there's a lot of things horrifying going on in that with the with the hood ornaments singing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. The Pet Shop Boys make lots of money is from oh wow it was released as a single in 1985 and then and that's the in 1986. actual song. yeah opportunities let's make lots of money yeah i remember oh, that god song. oh well you know you know how there's always the cool kids and they're obsessed with this one particular genre of music that you're kind of like okay that's a thing but sure like- everyone needs a hobby So when I was growing up, the people who were super obsessed with a very particular kind of music among the popular kids, it was always Pet Shop Boys, Depeche Mode, synthy British pop music, basically. Um, I don't know why that was all like one thing, but I have very particular memories about certain people and Depeche Mode. It's very weird. But yeah, this was 1984,
3: 1985. I'm like, I remember this song from when I That's why Emma and I are like, I don't know what this song is, but we fucking hate it. Probably because it has a singing car ornament in the commercial. Like the
2: commercial isn't as doing fuck. it any favors. Fuck, it's creepy as heck. Holy it's balls. bad. It's alarming. I hope the Pet Shop Boys are all of a sudden just like, wow, I, I, I do have lots of money. Thank you, Allstate. So books set at night. I do yes. want I have, I have... I have a Netflix recommendation. I don't have a book recommendation. Yeah. So I,
3: didn't you just No, Did you review this on the site? Or I, wrote, just a no, I wrote a post about I it. No, I wrote a post about it.
2: On Netflix, there is a show imported from Japan called Midnight Diner. And then part two is Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. And it is about a man, a mysterious man with a scar who operates a diner between the hours of midnight and 7 a.m. And it's the type of place, as it says in the intro, where people who are on their way from one place to another stop and get food but the food and the people who meet and the food that they ask for, because the diner has one menu, there's one thing on it. But if you order whatever it is that you want, if the guy has the ingredients, he'll make it. So there's a lot of comfort food and food from people's childhoods and things that remind them of another place or time. And so there's a lot of food and connectivity and serendipitous you know, evolution of a story, but it's all at night. Everything is at night and it's got that same sort of Charlie all night feeling like we are the only people awake, even though it's Tokyo and like everybody's awake.
3: Yeah. Um, so I have three book recommendations. Um, and I also suggest like this could be a really cool rec league. That could definitely be, be a good rec totally league. Let's, let's do
2: it. Let's do it. Let's do it.
3: Next rec league for the site. We'll do this. One. I think we'll, we'll, do this one. We'll so do this Keep one. an eye out, Lisa. Um, so the first one that I thought of, which is one that like, um, a lot of people I've seen talk about on like Twitter and like other like book communities that I'm in that prompted me to like, take a look at this one. Mm -hmm. It's called drag me up by RM virtues. Mm. It's a Hades Persephone retelling in kind of like a, a stand in for Vegas. Like they don't really say it's Vegas, but that's it's Vegas and everyone from Greek mythology is there. And it's, which is totally up my alley. Um, And the pairing is a black trans woman, silk aerialist, so they're like a a night performer and the romantic partner is a black demisexual casino owner. Huh. Um, so it's very like seductive and steamy. And I think the nature of having sort of like a, a Vegas-esque setting is, it's very like night life and night entertainment focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Vegas is one of those places where you expect it to be more active at night than during yes. the day. Not and then much it's a the next one degrees. is
3: Love on the Night Shift by Radcliffe. Um, so this is part of Radcliffe's like medical um, romance series, which might not be for everyone, but I know Tara at the site loves the series, loves Radcliffe.
2: Not because it's um, lesbians, but because it's medical y'all.
3: Yeah. And <laughs>
2: make that clear no, yes yeah. the problem is not lesbians the problem is the medical yeah.
3: yeah medical not because two women smooching but the the main characters work the night shift at a hospital um and then the other one which I think we've mentioned on the site in some capacity maybe in a podcast or books on sale because it's very familiar I know we have it in the repo I think is turn it up by Inez Kelly
2: I was trying to remember <laughs> This book. like <laughs> this one I had, one. Like, I, had like, I was like, I tiny... know we have one where it's like a nighttime radio yes, show. I w- I know I we had like it's like when you have a song stuck in your head except that it's like three notes. I had three yeah. little wisps of plot, and it was not <laughs> getting anywhere, so it's it's friends to lovers, and
3: uh they host a nighttime relationship and sex advice show um yeah, and so those are the three that I would recommend in terms of uh characters that have careers that are mostly at night mm-hmm. or a lot of
2: the, the plot happens mostly at night, but we will do a rec league for this. Month. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now we have more questions for our next episode, which we will record at a later date. Cause I don't want to take up all your energy in talking, but I do want to ask, are you reading or doing anything that you want to tell people about and recommend? Am I doing anything? Well, I mean like streaming something, watching something.
3: <laughs> doing something. I started a uh, battle. Battle Royal, Battle Royale by Lucy Parker. Ooh, um I started reading that one. I'm not super far into it. Um, but like I'm still playing World of Warcraft, and that's been fun. I made I made a hunter, and her name is Crunchberry. Um and all of her hunter pets are named after pasta. So I love this. <laughs> I have a unicorn pet named Alfredo. I have a spider pet named Linguini. Um, Obviously. And and, uh, she is a void elf. So she's purple and blue, like a purplish blue color. And her name is Crunchberry. So yeah, the new Lucy Parker. I mean, it's Lucy Parker, right? Like there's something that she taps into as a writer
2: that is just very like comforting. Oh, yeah. Um, She writes high grade feel good books. With people who you like hanging out with.
3: And I've been on like a food romance kick. Like this one. I loved Rosaline Palmer Takes the Cake by Alexis Paul. Like I've just been in like a baking romance kick lately.
2: And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you to everyone who asked questions in the Patreon community thread. We will have part two of this episode coming up very soon. So if you are in the Patreon community and you want to add a question, find the thread and add one. We'll be doing this again very soon. And I love hearing what you want to know about. I'm also curious, what are your thoughts on astrology? Do you think beliefs in astrology align or don't align with beliefs in other venues? What did you think? Do you have books to suggest? I would love to hear from you. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again to our Patreon community for making sure that this episode has a transcript. And thank you to Garlic Knitter for transcribing all of our discussion. Thank you to Amanda for hanging out with me. And thank you to everyone who listens to the end because that's where I put the bad joke. I would never forget the bad joke. I mean, sometimes I do, but I just go back and add it in because that's how recording works. But I'm not going to forget this one. I like this one a lot. Are you ready? What name should you give a person so that they will be the happiest individual ever? What name should you give someone so that they will be the happiest individual ever? Sarah Tonin. (laughs) There's only one other joke with my name in it, which is knock, knock. Who's there? Sarah. Sarah who? Sarah, doctor in the house, which when I was really little, I thought was kind of doofy because who knocks on a door and asks if there's a doctor? you have to go door to door? But... I'm all about naming somebody Sarah Tonin. (laughs) That's very silly. (laughs) Thank you to the person on Reddit who posted that in the Dad Jokes forum. It completely made my week. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.